Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I am an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York on the other line in Los Angeles is the Smash Mouth singer to my angry mob of bread throwers, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm swell. How are you? You saw that video, right? No. I just know you that the guy it? from Smash Mouth doesn't like people throwing bread at him. Yeah, and I kind of feel for him, man. Like, Why who wants to be pelted bread? with bread? I don't because get it. I. Th- I think uh, they were at a food festival and, and oh. Smash Mouth uh, was performing at a food festival where they gave away free loaves of bread and I guess people get some drinks in them and they think it's fun to help the Smash Mouth guy. Hey now, I, you like sourdough? Get your game on. Go throw it. Uh, no, <laughs> that was not the that was best bad. remix I've ever heard. Keith, yeah, welcome to the Pop Shop Podcast. We have a great show. In store this week, as we do every week, we will be talking about a lot of songs and albums and a Madonna music video that just dropped, Janet Jackson's return to music. It's Divalicious Day on the podcast. Divalicious Day on the podcast. We also have Zayn Malik, who... Uh, we have him here. He's here, everyone. No, he has a, he's not here. If actually. you're just he's tuning in, he's gonna, totally here. He's No, he's, he's, he's not, not here. He's not, no. he, Someday, someday maybe we'll someday. get Zayn in. But... Who did uh, the the special guest we do have on this week's Pop Show podcast is the author of a top ten hit on the Hot 100, Walk the Moon. The guys from Walk the Moon stopped by to talk about Shut Up and Dance, their next single, State of Rock Music, and a lot more. Those guys were great. We will get to that later in the show. Keith, a couple housekeeping notes as always before we begin. If you like the Pop Show podcast and want to hear us every single week, subscribe to us on iTunes. Also, give us a rating or review. We always appreciate your feedback. Go to iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts to get all of Billboard's podcasts, including the Juice, Must Hear Music, and Alts in Our Stars podcasts. And if you have any questions for us, hit us up on Twitter. He is Keith at, no, he's at Keith underscore Caulfield. I almost, I, I screwed that up. That's all right. I think people get it. They can figure and it I'm, out. I'm at Jason Lipschitz. Yeah, we say it every week. If, if you don't know, now you know. Keith, how you feeling, man? I'm I'm a little I'm a little haggard. <laughs> it's a very late night and uh, a lot of work stuff, but I'm okay. So if I don't seem as effervescent and bubbly as I normally am, I'm gonna blame that tireless like taskmaster known as Billboard. Yeah, I feel you, man. It's been a it's been a crazy week for the charts, and you know we don't we don't let up over the summer. There's no summer vacation for us at Billboard, but. We, we keep podcasting as much as we as we possibly can. So let's do it, man. Let's jump right into the Hot 100 chart. See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth is still number one. What what week is this for? for I believe one? it is week number nine, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Things I should know. That would be the primary thing I should know. Yeah, but yeah. It, I feel like, you know, we had our discussion of Song in Summer a couple weeks ago. This song, I mean, it's mid-June now, and this song is still number one. It's it's looking like a pretty good lock for Song of the Summer. Yeah, you were you were not thinking. I actually knew what the hell I was talking about a couple weeks ago. I thought it was going to slow down. It has not slowed down. But one down of your favorites, that Omi song, Cheerleader, is moving up. Yeah, so, you know, Omi. Omi has, maybe has a good shot of, of interrupting that, that See You Again flow. Cheerleader hits the top ten this week. Couldn't be happier. Goes from number eleven to number seven. You are such a champion of this song. I don't know why. And it's funny because it's just like I don't 
love that song that much. I, I do like it. I think it's I think it's a fun song. And whenever it comes on, I'm like, yeah, cheater leader, yeah. But it's I, I don't know. I think just my my hot takeness of a couple weeks ago of saying that this would be the song of the summer. That's 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 now, lingering, basically. It basically is. Now it's yeah. in the top ten. I just want to be proven right more than anything. That's yeah. all I really I just want, want from be the right. Pop Shop Gosh, podcast. Darn it! It's to seem smart on this show. But yeah, man, uh, cheerleader keeps going up, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see if that challenges see you again. If Bad Blood by Taylor Swift, which is obviously still right there, knocks it out and and continues growing, we shall see, man. But we shall see. See you again. Still killing it. Um, another good week for Rachel Platten. Fight song hits the top twenty. Digital, uh, top digital, digital beaner. So yeah, it goes twenty-five to nineteen on the hot one. Yeah. yeah, she's now. Now that you're like besties with Taylor Swift, the world is yours. Uh, yeah, she, so she was on stage with Taylor, I guess, at a recent concert. I was at the show that she was on stage. With That's Taylor. right. You saw Taylor Swift. What was it? Last Saturday. Last Saturday. Yeah. You were. You were. You had really good seats too. I did have really good seats, which was which was very nice, which was very great, and. Got to see the show, got to review the show a little bit, and, and one of the big th- things that happened was uh, Rachel Platten came out, and the night before, Echo Smith came out and, and played Cool Kids, uh, also in, uh, on the first night of Taylor's two-night run in Philly, and the second night, which I was there for, Rachel Platten comes out, does Fight Song. Now, this is a couple days after Taylor posts a video with Rachel Platten singing Fight Song. I actually spoke to Rachel Platten Earlier this week, she she couldn't have been more appreciative of, of what Taylor Swift has done for her and, did you, and done for the song. Did you? I'm sorry. Did you interview? Did you interview her for the podcast, or is it something just for .com? No, this is just for .com. Okay. It, Billboard.com. Uh, check it out now. I'll, I'll link to it in the podcast. Oh, post, cool. But, uh, sorry, I, yeah. I know I should know these things, folks, but I don't oh, know. I don't good, talk man. to Jason every minute it's of the all day. Good. Yeah, no, it was just it was, it was over the phone. Hopefully, we'll get Rachel in here to do a proper podcast sit down. Awesome. Sometime in the future, but this song, people are really latching onto it. it. It obviously helps to have someone like Taylor Swift in your corner. It was already off to a, a great start beforehand, and yeah. it, and and this this song has a definite kind of Taylor Swift vibe to it um it's swiftish um and i think you know it's it's i mean that that is certainly helping it uh, and the cosine helps too but it was already off to a good start so i don't mean to indicate that this is jumping up the chart just because of taylor because, swift yeah no i t- yeah i totally hear you and the interesting thing and and again um check out what rachel had to say on billboard.com but it, it was really interesting for those who didn't who don't know Rachel Platten is uh, 34 years old. She's been a singer-songwriter for about 12 years, maybe a little bit more. Her uh, debut independent album came back way back, came out way back in 2003, and she's just been grinding and and has finally gotten her big break. And she she told me that she wrote Fight Song at a moment where she thought she was going to quit music, and it was kind of a way to convince herself. No, this is I'm going to fight for this, and this is something I'm, I'm really passionate about, and now it's a top 20 hit. Funny, we were talking about ageism in music last yeah. week on the Ask the Pop Shop edition of the show where people were asking you know, about sort of older artists not being able to get hits, and I think Rachel Platten uh, is a striking uh, example of how an artist can break through at a, you know, a relative for pop music, a relatively slightly older age, considering you know the likes of Ed Sheeran and Ariana Grande, who are all like in their young twenties. Um, you know, she's you know practically a seasoned veteran at thirty four, even though this is yeah. her first hit. Um, 
I think I think the uh, animal uh, and an, 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 anonymity anonymity of her um, helps her because people don't yeah. have like a like a track record where they can say, "Oh, she's been around for ten years." It's like actually, no, I have no idea who she is, but I just like the song, <laughs> and the song itself is what's powering it. It's just like the song is just great, and it sounds great in the radio, and people really like the the meaning behind the song. Yeah, and her her next album, which will be posited as her debut album, it's her, her major label debut album, on Columbia Records. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it comes after literally a decade of songwriting and and honing her craft, and now she's getting her big break. It's it's a great story. I, I think that it's it's really nice to see someone who is so passionate about this and has waited so long. To get to this point, finally reach it. So go Rachel. Rachel Platt. Go Rachel. Uh, also, one last thing on the Hot 100, in terms of the top 20, actually the top 25. The weekend has another big debut with his new track, "Can't Feel My Face," and it's interesting to note that the weekend now has three songs in the top 25 because the Hills is still hanging out right below "Can't Feel My Face," I believe, and then "Earned It," the Fifty Shades of Grey song, is still in the top 10. So the weekend, I mean, we've talked about him before in depth a couple weeks ago but this this uh this guy is just really killing it in terms of a pop songs kind of field and and just dominating the hot 100 right now it's very it's a it's a max martin-ish uh kind of vibe too concerned that max martin produced the song and co-wrote it yeah 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 this is the kind of song that people have compared it to like a michael jackson song P- this might be the song that really breaks the weekend i, I know that he's had some hits he had love me harder with ariana grande a lot of people love earned it but this might be the song that really becomes his signature i think Mm. Um, yeah i I think so man i mean earned it is is a little bit slower moving and can't feel my face if it really latches on um could do some some big things so i guess we'll see we'll see well keith uh, we we covered the top of the hot 100 but let's go to the lower reaches of the hot 100 these are a couple songs that are bubbling up and could be hits soon enough. That's why we call this segment Soon to Be Hits. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> All right, we got two songs this week. And I will let you go first. I will defer to you, our chart master. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, that's my new title, chart master. Um, so my soon to be hit is actually by someone who performed on the Billboard Music Awards uh, recently. Uh, you know her as Terry Kelly. Tori Kelly, yes. Her new single, Should Have Been Us, debuts at number 37 on the Pop Songs Airplay chart on Billboard.com, also known as Mainstream Top 40. Uh, it follows her earlier hit, uh, Nobody Love, which peaked at number 16 on the Pop Songs chart and, and did okay, but it, she didn't really have like that breakthrough moment, I don't think. And I think... Arguably, her breakthrough moment was on the Billboard Music Awards when when she performed, uh, you know, acoustically and kind of blew the roof off. And yeah. you know, everyone from uh, I think what John Legend to Florida Georgia Line were singing her praises. So now she could be having uh, sort of a second moment with her new single "Should Have Been Us," which debuts at number thirty-seven on the Pop Songs chart, and it's on its way to possibly debut on the Hot One Hundred here in the next few weeks. Very cool, man. Yeah, Tori Kelly, her debut album, Unbreakable Smile, is out next week. And friend of the Pop Shop Podcast. I think she was our first guest in 2015. So it's cool to see her doing big things. There you go. That's all I got on Tori. (laughs) So my soon-to-be hit this week is from one of my favorites. Ray Sremmerd, the hip-hop duo, debuts with their latest single from their debut album, Srem Life. It's called This Could Be Us. 
music video came out a couple weeks ago, and you know it's it's at number 94, I believe, on the Hot 100 this week. But knowing these guys, it, it could be slowly growing if you see what happened with No Type, with No Flex Zone, and Throw Some Mo with Young Thug and Nicki Minaj. This is uh, a really this is one of the sunnier songs on Stream Life. And now it is on the Hot 100. So there you go. Ray Stremmerd and Tori Kelly on Soon To Be Hits. All right, man. Let's jump over to our Billboard 200 Albums chart. Let's talk about the top 10 a little bit. Muse is at number one with... I, I can't believe this. I couldn't believe this when I read it in your story today. Their first number one album? That seems incredible to me. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is incredible. Uh, I mean, this band has a really long history. They formed in 1994. They didn't actually debut on our charts until 10 years later. Um, and then they kind of uh, had a moment, really, when the first Twilight movie came out because um, one of their songs what had a really key uh, sync in the movie. And then ever since then, they've just sort of been plugging away. But I think people assume that they would have had a number one album by now because they're just yeah. one of those bands where you're like, oh, no, they would have had a number one by now, right? Right? No, no, actually, no. Uh, so, yeah, they have their first number one album this week. Uh, Drones it debuts at number one. It moved, ooh, how many? 84,000 equivalent album units. Of that, 79,000 were traditional album sales. So, yeah, Muse gets its first number one album this week on the Billboard 200. Yeah, congrats to those guys. I mean, that, that's pretty crazy to think about that after all these years. I mean, they're they're headlining festivals and playing to thousands and thousands of people. And for some re- for one reason or another, they just have never had a number one album in the U.S. Now they do. So congrats to those. Big month for British rock acts, as you noted, Keith, in your story, uh, because Muse takes over number one from Florence and the Machine. Yeah, yeah. It's the first time we've actually had back-to-back number one debuts from British acts, period in the history That's of the Billboard 200. Ever. Unbelievable. Yeah. So Florence and the Sheen, how big, how blue, how beautiful, still in the top five. Meanwhile, nice week for Of Monsters and Men, their sophomore album, Beneath the Skin, debuts at number three. This is the band that we, we kind of saw looped into that folk revival with uh, an act like Mumford and & Sons and the Lumineers. Uh, their big hit was Little Talks. They also had Mountain, Ta- Mountain Sound. Um, but... Yeah, nice week for of Monsters Men. They're they're probably their biggest sales week ever, I assume, Keith. Uh I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah. I think I remember that from your story. So Oh, uh no, uh uh yes. Yes, Ooh, it is. Suspenseful. Sorry, no, I was just like, it was in my story. Oh wait, it was in my story. Dude, I wrote that so late last night. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um you know what's interesting is that five out of the, the top six albums on the Billboard two hundred this week are all from European acts. Interesting. Because you have uh, uh, Muse, who's British, at number one. Uh, Taylor Swift is number two. She's not British. Outlier. Yeah, she's the outlier. And then you have um, uh, of Monsters and Men, who are from Iceland. You also have Ed Sheeran, uh, the Rolling Stones, uh, and some other people. Oh, oh there's some other people in the top six. This is so pathetic. I don't even know. <laughs> this is so pathetic. It's not pathetic at all. It's It's wondrous. So, Keith, looking at next week... It seems like there have been so many album releases the past two weeks, and especially this week. It just seems like there have been just a ton to cover. We have new albums from just this week. We have new albums from Adam Lambert, Nate Roos, James Taylor, Hilary Duff, Giorgio Moroder, Don Omar, Rin Weaver. Who who rises to the top 
out of all of those. Well, the act that will rise to the top, I will tell you that in just a second, because I feel stupid that I didn't know who the top, who the five out of the six were on the Billboard 200. Muse is number one of Monsters and Men is three. Florence and the Machine is four. The Rolling Stones are five. And Ed Sheeran is six. Ed Sheeran was the sixth one. Well, I think I mentioned him. I think I forgot Florence and the Machine, which we already mentioned. Anyway, I'm an idiot, and I just feel stupid for not knowing that. Oh, come on. Moving on now to next week's charts. An act that has never had a number one album, despite a very long career with tons and tons of hits, will probably finally have their first number one album next week. James Taylor could be number one on the Billboard 200 with his new album, believe it or not. You know, he's never actually had a number one. He's had, I think, I want to say 11 top 10 albums, um, and yet he's never had a number one album. So there you go. My mom, my mom, shout out to my mom who loves James Taylor. Wow, you just throw him into the mom category, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, but that that's really cool. And what do you think of the, of the rest? Do you, do you see anything else kind of, um, maybe not challenging it, but being in the top five, some, some around there? Well, hold on. I, I, have, I have a printout here. Uh, by the way, James Taylor's album is called Before This World. I believe it's his first studio album in, oh dear. In a while, yeah. Yeah, I want to say like over a decade. It's actually been a very long time. Um, for the other folks, um, the biggest debut probably will be Adam Lambert after James Taylor. Yeah. Um, and then everyone else is kind of neck and neck. The biggest ones are Hillary Duff, Nate Roos, and Third Eye Blind are all kind of in the same blind. kind of in the same ballpark there. Um, but yeah, Adam Lambert's doing kind of okay, uh, you know. And, and he actually has kind of a, a radio hit with Ghost Town, so that's kind of working out for him. That's finally growing at radio. Fin- finally doing something at Top Forty Radio. We'll see. We'll see uh, if it continues to move up, as we say. Very cool, man. So keep. Keep it tuned to Billboard.com, as it were, uh, for all of Keith's chart coverage. We'll be checking back on the Billboard 200 albums chart later this week. Keith, let's move on, man, to you. We got to talk about it. Bitch on Madonna. Which we, Madonna's new video. To, to be in the video just came out this morning on Tidal exclusively for 24 yeah, we're taping hours. This, we're taping this on Wednesday. This is uh, the third video from Madonna's uh, Rebel Heart album. It's a star-studded affair. Uh, Jason and I have not actually talked about it yet. Yeah, we, we I saved it all this. for the show. So what? All right, I'll ask your opinion first, Keith. As as the Madonna expert, what what do you think of this video? Um, as a Madonna expert, <clears throat> alleged Madonna expert, um, what I'm struck by is how she's actually produced three real music videos for an album, <laughs> which yeah. is unusual for Madonna as of late, because. Um, Basically, since her American Life album, she might produce one or two, like, legit produced videos. And then if she does any other videos, they could be, like, oh, she had an off day from a tour and she decided to, like, hop in a car and, like, film some footage. Or, oh, it's B-roll from a photo shoot and they, like, you know, synced it together to, like, make a video. Um, However, this time around, she made Living for Love, which was a real video, Ghost Town, which had a production and had Terrence Howard in it. Um, and now this one, which has a bunch of cameos, like is legit. So clearly she's really supporting this album and really trying to promote the heck out of it. Uh, so that's what I say as the Madonna expert. Also, um, I think I think I like the video. Um, I have to say I, I missed the very tail end of the video because it cut off for some reason. So I'm not sure exactly what happens at the very, very end. Yeah, there's been like a little little glitch. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was that was me or the video itself. Um, I like it. 
the only thing I don't like is the green screen with Nicki Minaj, uh, which I thought looked a little, oh, yeah. a little, a little chintzy. Um, Here's so, okay. So let me let me let me take give my hot take on this video. Um, I like the video a lot. I don't think it needed all of the celebrities kind of crammed in and like because they're not even really in the video they're just sort of they kind of flash on screen for a second it's like they kind of skyped in to the video and we're like yeah here's me saying bitch i'm madonna for two seconds and yeah. you can now say i'm in the video but of of those i have to say because in the video you have uh chris rock and rita Ora are actually they're there they're there they're actually on the set um, all the other cameos from the musicians appear to be um, literally kind of like uh, mailed in, um, but yeah. they but they don't look that incongruous. It's not like you know someone shot it on an iPhone and like it's grainy and there's pixels. It it looks it looks it doesn't look incredibly weird, but you know that it's been sent in from afar. Um, Katy Perry does it. Miley Cyrus is in it. Beyonce is in it. Kanye's in it. Um, I think. All of them, maybe except for Kanye, actually say "bitch on Madonna," which is kind of fun because you have these pop divas saying "bitch on Madonna," um, and I think the idea behind the the title of the song is that it's not really about Madonna; it's about the idea of being sort of like powerful and in control, and like, look, I'm I'm taking control of this, like "bitch on Madonna," you know. And it's kind of like they're trying to transcend the idea of it just being about her. And that's probably how they sold it to these other divas. It's like, no, it's not about me. It's about the idea of me, you know, because like yeah. otherwise, how are you going to get Beyonce to do it? However, since the video is exclusive to title for one day, maybe Beyonce and Madonna as, you know, sort of shareholder owners of t- title ha- had some other motivations here. Um, I think the best cameo was probably Beyonce because she's voguing in the video. Um, it at least looks like it's voguing, it's and that there's pretty cool. there's already Tumblr gifs of uh, comparing Beyonce's little voguing moment to Madonna's Vogue video, where they're both doing <laughs> the same dance moves with their hands. So um, I don't know. I mean, you know, anything that attracts attention to it, as long as it's done well, I think helps. And I think that um, for what this is, it's pretty good. Um, I was really like hoping that all the people would actually be there, like together on the set, like in a big party scene. Um, but that didn't quite happen. <laughs> yeah, the the whole thing for me is that I'm watching the video, and I guess I'm waiting for all of these cameos to start happening. And like you said, Rita Ora and Chris Rock pop up, and then like, yeah, they have a, a lot more names. But while I was waiting, I was like, I was enjoying the video. No, I the video like, is oh, fine. This is like a fun. This is like a fun world that Madonna has created. I I, I like it a lot more than the Rebel Heart and and the Ghost Town. Uh, not. Oh, I'm not Rebel Heart. Living for Love. Sorry. No, um, I yeah, I like this video. I think better than both. Living for Love, I thought was fairly boring, um, and I yeah. felt very sort of disconnected to it. Like it didn't. It was too sort of polished and too sort of perfect. And I, I, I didn't. I just. Uh, and Ghost Town was like fine, but I feel like um, it, it was wasn't Empire. It was basically apocalyptic empire. Apoc- apocalyptic empire. And I think this if you if you saw her perform on Jimmy Fallon on the Tonight Show, you this is the same vibe where it's kind of like it appears like it's sort of um, multiple one take shots of her having a party, uh, carousing through a, a hotel like area with lots of colorful outfits. Diplo's there, her two sons are in the video and they both say bitch and Madonna. It actually kind of reminded me of of Madonna's celebration video um, because in celebration at the time her daughter Lourdes um, was in the video um, 
and dancing, I believe, in the video. Um, and then now, um, and she was sort of in like, it was like a kind of like an in the round thing where all of her dancers were like in a semicircle and her daughter was in the middle like dancing. And now, flash forward to the present, and in her new video, uh, her son David is in the middle of a semicircle and he's dancing for her and all of her dancer friends. So it's kind of, you know, a fun family kind of moment. It's a fun, it's definitely a fun video if you haven't seen it and you're you're listening to us blabber on about yeah, it. Yeah, sorry. It Too much blather. It's Madonna. <laughs> no, That's it's what a, happens. So la- last, last thing before we move on from this, Keith, I, I mean, this is following closely the um, Taylor Swift Bad Blood video, which had a ton of guest stars in it as well. Very different. Very different. Very, very different. Very different. Uh, but my question is, do you think we'll see more music videos with just kind of celebrities crammed in? Because, I mean, it, it definitely worked for Taylor Swift. Bad Blood shot to number one on the Hot 100. And yeah. I feel like it's going to work for Bitch on Madonna it because ha- it has a lot more people are talking about this video than they were for Ghost Town. Yeah, everyone's talking about it because of the cameos. They're not talking yeah. about it necessarily because of Madonna, unfortunately. They're talking about it because, oh, Beyonce's in it. And, oh, she stole it out from Madonna. Oh, Katie. Oh, Miley. Come on, Smilers. Let's, you know, it's like that. It's that kind of like diva dumb sort of thing where you know you have a lot of interest in it because of the other people that are in it but sometimes that's what you got to do to get people to talk about it um i still think it's a great song i think it's a fun song i think it's been one of my favorites since it came out last december so you know we'll see what happens with the song are we going to see more cameos more celebrity cameos in music videos i think if it depends on the video like bad blood it made sense those are all taylor's friends and people that she's associated with it makes sense and with Madonna, I think you know the idea behind the concept of the title of the song um, kind of helped her recruit people. Um, so I think it really depends on the song and, and the concept of the video. I agree. I agree with that. All right. That's a very uh, non-answer to answer. Yeah. No, I kind of I kind of agree that we'll see more of it. I think, but in the right circumstances. So Keith, uh, very quickly, let's let's talk about Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson has officially returned. She th- this was coming a couple weeks ago. She announced that there was a tour, new music coming, but it it actually is coming. It's happening. Uh, it's really happening. She, the tour, the first leg of the tour, and that is announced. It's, it's coming mainly in the fall in the U.S. in North America. And on Wednesday, right before we started taping this, she sna- she shared a snippet of new music. Oh, I haven't heard it yet. What's it sound like? Oh, geez, I feel stupid. <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't feel stupid for not being chained to Twitter. Um, it, it's it, it's like a very like dreamy ballad. It's only like forty five seconds or so. But anyway, Keith, are are you excited? Janet's back, man. It, w- yes, <clears throat> yes. As someone tweeted to us a couple weeks ago, uh, something kind of shady. Like, oh, do you you know what about Janet? And I was like, of course, I care about Janet. She was the first concert I saw. Um, in 1994, 93, it was like the first concert I went to was Janet Jackson uh, at the Forum, I believe, hey. in Los Angeles. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing new music from Janet. I think she has had a difficult time the, the past couple albums, basically, unfortunately, ever since the Super Bowl. Um she's been having trouble like getting hits and her album sales have dwindled and, and sort of, she's lost, you know, a lot of casual fans. I think, I think it could be very interesting to see what happens with this new project. Um, and I look forward to hearing music from her. I mean, Janet's a freaking icon and she made such amazing music and really those, those, those three albums in a row, um, control rhythm nation, 
and the uh, Janet period album yeah. are just great, great albums. Yeah. Chock full like, of hits. You can't deny them. I feel like it, it, it's, it's tough to say this to anyone, especially like a music icon like Janet is, but I think it was the right time for her to go away for a little bit. I feel like it was the right time for her to kind of take a break and, and give people time to, to miss her and catch their breath. And then now it seems like people are, are really excited about this. And I, I don't know if, you know, it, it, it's going to be a, a situation where her new music is, is going to matter in, in terms of a pop chart success yeah. area. I think it might be a little bit more removed than that. But I do think that, you know, when the Janet tour goes comes to town, I mean, even casual fans are going to be like, man, Janet Jackson, I haven't I've never seen her or it's been a very long time since I've seen her. And they're going to want to check it out. I, I think that this is the, the right time for a comeback for Janet Jackson. And it's it's the right move to kind of doing a, a comprehensive tour. It, it kind of reminds me in a, in a different way. But it kind of reminds me of uh, last year when Outkast came out and didn't release an album like Janet's doing, but but toured a lot. And it, it was it was at this time when Outkast had been, you know, obviously me- uh, memorable and, and an iconic music group for a lot of people. But they had taken a minute and they had gone away and made people want them to come back. And p- those those shows were bananas. People were unbelievably passionate about that. I, I think it's going to be a similar situation for these Janet shows. It's been more than seven years since her last studio album, believe it or not. Um, Discipline came out in, I want to say, the end of February, early March 2008. So it has been more than seven years. That is the longest that we have gone between studio projects yeah. from Janet. So it's high time that she brings out a new album, and it'll be on her own record label. She's she's indie now, quasi-indie. Uh, she has her own record label called Rhythm Nation uh, Records, I believe, and she's uh, going to have it distributed through BMG somehow. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and I think a lot of people are. Very cool, man. So last thing before we get to Walk the Moon, I just wanted to comment on Zayn Malik. We talked about him a bunch this spring when he left One Direction. Uh, still, really You may have heard. <laughs> may have heard. But... You know, I, I wanted to ask you, Keith, because I, I this is something that's been on my mind a little bit. And I, I think it's interesting because earlier this week, Zayn Malik released a cover of Ray Sremmert's song, No Type. And people went nuts over it. And just like they kind of went nuts over that Naughty Boy song that went out a month or two ago and was his first kind of like solo demo. People are extremely interested in in what Zayn is doing next as a solo artist. And, you know, are you surprised by this fanfare as much as I am, man? Because I, I got to say, it's like, I know that, you know, we're, it's magnified for us because we eat and sleep and breathe this pop music stuff. But it just seems like, you know, it, it always kind of seemed like Harry Styles was the, the one from One Direction that had that name recognition that everybody really cared about what he's going to do next. And, and people care about what all the guys are going to do. Uh, I think it has it to do like with whoever it is that left the group. Exactly. They, you know, whoever it is that left the group. If it had been Liam or Louis, there would be the same sort of talk. And I think also complicating it is that Zane has sort of um, a, a recently kind of um, uh, gossipy sort of news thread of his own, you know, with 
with um, his girlfriend, fiance yeah. slash wife slash girlfriend. I what what is their status right now? They're they are fiance, fiance. They're fianced up. Um, and you know the 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 is he or isn't he um, having an issue with possibly drugs or something that was floated around last fall? Matt Lauer. Yeah, and then there was the rumor that he's coming back to One Direction. Right, right. That's the hot one this week. So there's all these things spinning around that have been spinning now for months and months and months. So that fuels the fire. I think if, you know, if, you know, Niall suddenly dropped out of the group, I think there would be less interest, but there would still be this, like, you know, oh my God, all around it. There would be like this chatter about it, but it wouldn't be quite the same because Zayn has his own kind of storyline happening that was already happening before he left the group. It's interesting. Yeah, it's it's something I've been thinking about because I'm just surprised by it. I, I know that there was going to be a lot of interest in whoever left the group first, and, and Zayn has that going for him, but it just seems like, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, I... I do agree with you that if, like, Niall left the group or if Louie had left the group, I don't know if it would have been the same kind of fanfare, but, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing that people are, are really passionate about what this dude is doing next in music. So there you go, man. There you go. That's your minute of Zane chatter. So let's get Minute of Zane. Every week we have Minute of Zane. Yeah, we need some bumper music like <laughs> charts out of the week and soon to be hits and stuff. Mm. Just minute of Zane. <laughs> We're like the Zane, like sort of like, you know, it's like you're turning off a computer. It's like minute of Zane. Oh, by the way, before we get to Walk the Moon, I, ha- I have to thank everyone who who tweeted in and gave us reggae song <laughs> title suggestions. Yeah, Uptown on, Reggae. On, on last week's show, Keith and I decided that we're going to start our own pop group and our first song will be a reggae hit. Right, because that's the, that's the easiest chart to get onto is our reggae digital songs chart. Yeah, I think, the, I think my favorite was somebody said that they were like, Jason, your song should be called I Mean because that's all you say on the show. You're like, I mean, I mean, I mean... I mean, and I was like, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, and I can just have a string of ums because I say um <laughs> a lot. Uh, um, 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 I mean, uh, it's not setting the world on fire. Um, um, I mean, we should just loop that. <laughs> we can get our like uh, audio video like team to like you know find a uh, free beat because yes. that's where all of our bumper music comes from is like free music on the web. <laughs> so we can get some free music. Uh, loop in some of our most famous catchphrases and moments and make a little pastiche song and we'll put it up for sale. Let's make that happen. I mean, that I mean, great. I mean, I mean, anyway, lip shots, shots, shots. <laughs> it happened. Oh my God. I so want this to happen. <laughs> You're running with this idea. I love it, man. Uh, all right. Anyway, man, walk the moon. Stop by the pop show podcast to discuss not only the surprise success of their top 10 hit Shut Up and Dance, but their new single Different Colors, which has a great new music video, touring and being one of the only rock bands on the pop charts in the upper reaches of the Hot 100. Those guys were great. Here are Walk the Moon on the Pop Shot Podcast. Oh, don't you dare look back. Just keep your eyes on me. I said you're I'm, I'm actually, I'm like, re- like, I'm, I'm happy for, for everybody who's doing well in our charts. There, uh, people see their sales, themselves in the top ten. They get really excited. I'm like especially happy for you guys because you guys have been doing this for such a long time. I remember first hearing about you guys. I think in either 2010 or 2011. And I remember, you know, this is your second album, and Shut Up and Dance has just exploded. It's been a top ten hit for a while now. 
does that make it more gratifying just how many hours and how many months and years you guys put into this project? Totally. Um, you know, we, we felt like we had a hit, you know, in our world with mm-hmm. Anna Sun a few years ago. Yeah. And that got us all around the world and got us, you know, opening for fun all over Europe and, um, and playing our tour all over the States. Um, and so to have done that legwork and then now to see the success of Shut Up and Dance and to see it still rising, it's like, whoa, like now we, we have some concept of, of how much we can really uh, take that and, and run with it. You know, and that's, you know, we, we, we're such a live band. We're such road warriors that um, to us it means, you know, um, we, we, see, we see the success in terms of, of the time we can spend on the road and performing in front of people. Yeah. Um, so we're really stoked for the next couple of years of, of touring on this <laughs> what when when you guys finished working on shut up and dance did you just feel like something was special did you i mean I, like you said anna sun was a hit but did you feel like this is going to take us to the next level there was a feeling when we played it for the first time live and this was before we ever recorded it we we had just learned the song we barely knew the song and uh, we played it at this university in st louis and uh, by the second chorus, all the kids were singing along, and we were like, "What's going on?" You know, we felt like this. Wow, this could really be something. So there was there was kind of this little spark of, of who knows. So now, different colors. The new the new single, the new video. Are you are you guys like? aiming high now are you do you see shut up and dance in the top 10 you're like yeah we're going back to the top 10 let's do it yeah we would love to see that happen obviously you know um but what we're really excited about with different colors is that um i think it highlights a different um kind of a, a, a different side of what we do you know um shut up and dance is very much about like getting out of your head and getting into the moment but it is it is mostly like a fun pop rock too yeah. you know different colors we're really proud of because of the message that we feel it conveys and what um we're trying to say which is very much um one of acceptance and celebrating diversity and not yeah. just tolerating it yeah have you guys already seen i mean the video just came out but the song's been out for a while have you guys seen that reaction to different colors absolutely yeah um we We've gotten a lot of really amazing stories and, and letters from our fans um, and people who have come to us just uh, saying, you know, that they um, have spent this many months free of self-harm or something like yeah. something like that. Like, wow. whoa, like we can have that effect on, on somebody. Or, uh, or a mom came up to me and was like, my, my son is going through a transgender transition right now and we love your music and, and it's – it's such a such an awesome thing to be out in the world, and we're like, like hell yeah, like that's that's great. That's what it's about, you know. Um, it's awesome to be part of this generation, or I guess there's a generation being born into this world um, where uh, that kind of acceptance is second nature. Yeah, you know, we're not quite there yet, but um, it's awesome to be part of pushing towards that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's funny because. You know, you guys have been doing this, like I said, for so long, and it's it's rare to see a, a ostensibly a rock band cross over and have a, a top ten hit. You you see, you know, a couple artists do it, like Maroon Five does it occasionally, but to see a, a band like you guys 
make the top 10 of the Hot 100 is is truly a remarkable feat. I mean, what do, what do you guys think about just the state of rock music and its, you know, efforts to cross into the pop world? Do you guys think about that stuff at all? Sure. Um, I think I think rock music, I think the guitar god is, is coming back. You think so? Uh, yeah, I, I do. Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're so connected to our phones and we're connected to, you know, the cloud at all times. And so I think we're seeing live music not, uh, not diminish in its importance, but in fact, the other way around. I think it's becoming even more important because these kids, you know, and we all need something visceral and, and tangible. Um, and so for us, you know, our, uh, our, our thing is being on stage and, and, and bringing the music to the people, um, live, you know? And, uh, so it's, it's really exciting for us. I hope, I hope that, um, there are a lot of other bands. I mean, there are so many other awesome bands right now. And so I hope that they can make the same cross. So go ahead and check out Walk the Moon's new music video for Different Colors. It's, it's really fun. It's, it's, it's a great song and catch them on uh, tour. And they're, they're touring in the fall. They're playing festivals all summer. They put on a great show. So be sure to catch those guys. Keith, we got to wrap this up, man. But before we do, it's time, man, for your Chart Side of the Week. Hey. Yeah. Okay, so this week... In 1977, on June 18th, Fleetwood Mac got its one and only number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100 chart with Dreams. Um, The song, which was the second single from their Rumors album, uh, was written by Stevie Nicks, uh, one of the singers of the group. Um, And on uh, June 18th became their first number one. And they had really, before then, not had a whole lot of sort of pop commercial success. And they had actually been releasing the album since... 1967, but it wasn't until Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham joined the group in the 70s and then released uh, the self-titled album Fleetwood Mac, and then the next album, Rumors, did they really kind of break through to the pop mainstream. Um, The song, of course, went to number one. It was their first gold-certified single by the Recording Industry Association of America, Um, and I actually reached out to Stevie Nicks' rep and got a quote from Stevie um, regarding her success with Dreams, and she says, my small pink 45 gold record of dreams hangs in my ocean apartment uh, as we speak. Uh, it has hung in every house I have lived in since the day I first received it. When I pass by it, I reach out and touch it. It really was the beginning of the dream. Uh, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> there's Stevie Nicks. Uh, and I said the, um, the dreamy rumors era lineup of the band uh, released three more top 10 studio albums. Uh, before they temporarily broke up in 1987 and kind of uh, re-juge the band with different members. Uh, You know, Fleetwood Mac has a very checkered history with its uh, band personnel. But they're on the road right now. Uh, The classic Rumors-era lineup of the band is back on the road together and touring. I think they're in Europe right now. So check them out if you can, if you're in Europe or Australia or New Zealand. They'll be playing there soon, too. But there you go. This week in uh, 1977, Fleetwood Mac hit number one with Dreams. I've never seen Fleetwood Mac live. 
I gotta, I gotta do that. Uh, yeah, if, if, if uh, but you may have this, you may have missed your shot because uh, no, they are. No. I mean, they played the U.S. for like seven months or something ridiculous. But if you see any incarnation of them, see this incarnation because it's, because it's Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks, um, John McVie and McFleetwood. But then now they have the return of Christine McVie, who is one of their no. primary songwriters. It's the five of them on the road. And they're allegedly working on a new studio album, which who knows when that could come out. I, I would look forward <laughs> to that very much. Very cool, man. Thank you, as always, for your Chart Stat of the Week. All right, man. That is going to do it for us at the Pop Shop Podcast. Keith, uh, thanks, as always, for a great time. Uh, and do you have any parting words? After last year's Bette Midler stuff? Nope. I've got nothing this week. <laughs> All right, let's go out on uh, a Smash Mouth song because I still feel bad for Steve Harwell being pelted with breadcrumbs. This is Then the Morning Comes by Smash Mouth. Thanks for listening and take care. You're gonna do it again the way that you are.